Child, if you out here trying to be the the perfect parent, child, what is you doing? Because ain't there is no such thing as a perfect parent. Most of us is out here trying to make sure we keep these children alive, Lord. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the podcast, and we are back with another episode. Thank you to the new members that we have over in the Goddess Room Facebook group. If you have not found us, it will be linked in the show notes. We'd be glad for you to join us on the group um, is where the episode will be linked for your pleasure. If you're if you don't have it, if you don't find it on Spotify um, and honestly, take a look at that. Listen to it. You know, feel free to add your thoughts. Um, nice ones, that is um, just to get a little dialogue going on. Um, and yeah, so I'm really excited um, for the new members who have joined. Thank you for those who are continually coming back week to week listening. And I'm hoping it's helping you guys like it's helping me because y'all this is therapeutic, honey, because believe it or not, I am one who overanalyzed things and even if it ain't got a thing to do with me honey it'll be something that I'm just always thinking about randomly and so what better way than to just get it out on a podcast so that your girl can sleep at night Ooh. So now is the time of the episode where we take the moment and just take a break from everything that is going on and do a wellness check-in. How are you feeling today? How are you feeling this week? How's your week going? How are you feeling? Honestly, you guys, I can definitely say thank God I am having a much better week than I had last week. Praise God. Okay? Because last week was very trying. Um, however, I don't know if my doctor or the insurance company have switched up my birth control. And yes, we still take birth control around here because listen, ain't nobody got time to have a house full of children. Okay. Like it's just not in our plan of life. Although the pastor did during our vow renewal, try to speak that over our life, but that's, that's just, this is not where we are. However, it is up to God at the end of the day, but listen, not at this time. Um, but child, I, I started a new, I started a new pack last week and, um, it won't until Tuesday, which, uh, well not Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? I don't know. Um, but it won't until we got into about a week of me taking my pills and I just couldn't get no understanding of why my attitude was so bad. I mean, just, I'm just annoyed about any little thing, just And I had to be like, well, Lord, you know, I just had a cycle. That can't be it. And then it came to me. These pills ain't the ones I always have. How dare they change my pills on me? Because, honey, if these hormones ain't running through here, like, who did it and why? And it's funny because my husband was like, you know, once, you know, I brought it to us. I said, you know, babe, I think these ain't the same pills I normally hate. They ain't the same pills. First of all. I don't know if other wives feel this, but do your husbands feel like they know your body better than you? Like, I mean, down to, well, my husband will come if I miss a pill, will Dag Nabbit come bring me the pill to me with the water, okay? Let me feel like, you know, I, I am a little late. You not. It's fine. Um, It normally come around this time. Like, why do you, why do you feel like you know my body better than me? 
I'm just trying to understand. I've had it longer than you have. I mean, anyway, so he's like, um, yeah, they do look different. So he was like, that would explain why you've been different to me. First of all, I already know that I was one who brought the conversation up. But y'all, the death stare I gave this man. And it's crazy because I know a lot of people like, well, you could control that. Actually, though, the way these hormones is in here fighting, um, you can control it to some extent. Listen, I've been on the wanting the peace and quiet. Like, generally, after my husband drops um our son off to school, you know, he'll come back in and chit-chat or whatever with, with me, you know, when he gets back. It all depends, especially um, because typically when he gets home, I'm supposed to be in the bed because I have to get up and go to work early in the day um, the next morning. So we don't get to chit-chat a whole lot. And then, like, you know, when I'm working, he's sleeping because, you know, he has to go to work later. So, you know, you try to get those conversations in when you can when, you know, you're not off. So he'll come in and chit-chat for me from time to time. And so generally, you know, I am still working um, because, honey, listen, my my productive uh, time frame at work is between the apples of 8 and 2, okay? After 2 o'clock, I ain't hitting on nothing. I'm still working, but I don't want to. I could just tell that I'm more like, get her done from 8 to 2. By 2 o'clock, I've been reading the same sentence for like three minutes, it seemed like. So, he's talking to me, and I'm just thinking to myself, I wish he'd leave me alone. I know that sounds so bad, but that's how I felt. And then I felt like he was like loud. And I was like, babe, why are you talking so loud? He's talking, oh, my bad. And I'm just like, ugh. Like, really want him to leave me be. But it's crazy because I don't want him to leave me alone. But then again, I do. That should have been the first red flag. Then my son, generally, when I pick him up, you know, depending on what type of day he have and depending if he's talkative, like when he first get out of school. But baby, I'm trying to tell you from eight, no, from about seven to the time he go to bed, he be on 10. And I was looking like, bro, when is he going to bed? Because I am sick of him talking to me. Again, does it sound bad? Of course I know. Um, but then he go to bed and then it felt like this week my husband was getting off earlier. So that means I wasn't in the bed. And I was like, I just want to be alone. Ooh. So I am definitely hoping that my, my hormones were regulated. Because this, this feeling, <laughs> it's not safe out here for folks. It ain't safe. Um, but yeah, so I hope you guys are having a good week um a good day and if you ain't sis you already know my motto deal with it you know have your feelings and then adjust your crown because your peace is too expensive for anybody honey So now it's time to get into TV shows and highlights. So we're going to go ahead and start with Netflix. So I have finally finished watching Blood vs. Water. Is that it? Is that what that thing is called? Anyway, um, listen, Peculiar, that's probably not her name. Anyway, it was a very good, uh, very good season. I will say that I am glad that they have finally getting to the bottom of if that girl is her sister or not. But listen, Peculiar was getting on my nerves because I get she was trying to be like Inspector Gadget, but low key, she was on some murder she wrote type stuff. First of all, if you guys are listening via the Facebook group, comment or write in, you know, on the status or whatever in the group. If you grew up, um, with your parents listening to, 
um, watching Murder, She Wrote. If you're not familiar, um, Murder, She Wrote was always ready to solve some type of um, cases, but she was already always about to get snatched up and beat up. Like, sis. So, I feel like this is the way Peculiar was doing and she was getting on my nerves. God knows she was getting on my nerves. Um, but you could already tell, obviously, there has to be another season. Because, oh boy, mama done pulled up like Olivia Pope's mom did from Scandal. We got to figure out what that's about. I mean, we got to. Also, um, I tried to get into um, Dear White People, Volume 4. Because I've watched all the other volumes. But, y'all... This musical type situation is not it for me. Um, I have never been a musical type individual. Um, if you're going to sing, you need to keep that to a minimum. <laughs> what I said. Um, about as much music I can take is um, kids movies. Um, but then that, again, keep it to a minimum. So, I tried to push through it. I was like, maybe it's not going to be a musical. Y'all, when when I got to episode two and they were still singing, I had to cut it off. So, I'm not going to be able to do it. So, if anybody has actually got through volume four, please let me know if it is going to be a whole lot of singing. Can I bear through it? Or if it's exactly what I thought it was. Because I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, I also have started watching Made. And baby, honey... I am vested from first episode already. Um, I'm vested. I'm only on episode two, but I'm, I'm invested. Listen, when a TV show snatched me up like that, you got my attention. I'm here. I'm here. Also, um, me and Bay have begun watching Squid Games. I know I'm late to the party. Um, I have fell asleep, but that don't mean nothing for me because I'm always falling asleep on something, whether it's good or bad. So I have to go back and catch up on the episode that I fell asleep on. Um, but I'm invested, um, and I'm intrigued and I can't believe it because I'm normally not a gory type killing people, blood flying everywhere, but I'm here. Um, so that's Netflix. Also, if you guys are, if there's anything new that you guys want to recommend, please do. Because I'm always down for trying a new show. Um, nothing new really is going on Hulu. Um, as far as Married at First Sight, at this point, it's the same old, same old for me. Um, nothing new has happened. We'll probably have, a, we'll definitely have a lot more discussion. Nope, take it back. How dare Ryan activate the dating app and then going to fix his lips to say that it wasn't supposed to be activated until after the show. But my sir, though, you match with somebody. If you're going to lie, please make sure that you have your lie in order because make it make sense. If it ain't activated, how you already match with somebody? And then you just going, I guess I'll just leave. I guess. You will. I mean, they seven days to darn decision day. You you wasn't going to stick it out? Like, you just couldn't? Why don't you just go ahead and ask for the divorce? I mean, because clearly you was done. You was done. And yes, just like I said, you is done. That thing shocked me. But we'll, I'm, we will definitely have a lot more discussion um, as decision day goes on, probably next week, we will go ahead and try to put our ballots in and figure out who we think will stay married, who will get the divorce. And um, 
go from there. So, yeah, we'll, the highlights will definitely probably be popping um, the next two weeks as they go into decision day to figure out, number one, are we right? And number two, how we feel about the outcome and do we think it's going to last? So, yeah. Moving on in to today's topic is parenting. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So I want to start off with saying when beginning this subject on parenting is for one, parenting is not something that should be used as a checkoff box because these kids are not baby dolls. They are not bears. They are not something that can just be, oh, why wow, they're cute and cuddly and smelling like baby baby lotion and little Similac underneath the neck. And then when they start talking and being and tearing up the house, now you want to throw them in, in the um uh, in the toy box. That's something my mom used to always say that when you have a real baby, that you can't just throw them in the toy box when you don't want to play with them no more. And that is very, very true. A lot of people, some people, enjoy the idea of parenting. So they really enjoy the idea of parenting. They enjoy the 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 baby stage, the ooh and the ah. And some people really enjoy being pregnant. Um, but whenever it gets down in the trenches, they ain't here for it. There are some people who, I'm, honestly, I feel like, are there honestly are some people who are in love with the accolades that come behind being a parent meaning you know when people look as at as a parent it kind of seems like it get, uh, gets a different type of light um almost I don't know if it makes you quote unquote more than a, a, a real woman because you've birthed a baby um some people want the whole you know the gifts and praises that you get as a mother, but ain't really trying, if you're if you're able, aren't trying to carry the baby, ain't trying to push the baby, and ain't trying to have the baby full time. And to me, as a mother who be here in the trenches, mm, kind of make me feel away. Like, I feel like you just want the beautiful part of being a mother and not the whole package because there is a good, bad, and an ugly to being a parent. And so if you truly really have a desire to be a parent, you need to understand it comes with all of that. All that. Um... Yeah. Now I do understand that there are some out here that are unable to have children. And if this is triggering, then this probably may not be, um, the episode for you. And I totally understand. They are people who cannot have babies. Um, and they really have the ultimate desire of, um, legitly the whole process. They want to carry the baby. They want to have the whole pregnancy they they want that out and that's understandable um and then you have some that really desire to be parents and they go and adopt i think i can't say um what i would do because thankfully i was blessed to be able to get pregnant um but i would think if i couldn't um that maybe i would adopt but i would want to adopt like first thing like like fresh, like sick, whatever the earliest that a baby can be adopted would be when I would want them. So I could still have that whole experience. Um, just my, my two things. So we'll go ahead and get into the whole, what everyone loves, the good parts 
of or the pretty part of being a parent. So some people really enjoy the whole pregnancy part of that. You know, the glow you get, the attention that you get. People are like, oh, look at that belly growing. Look at that baby. Or if your skin is popping, oh, that baby is making your skin grow. Oh, that baby is making that hair grow. All of that. Or even the blood. Oh, look at that. The feet just swollen. Look at the face. Look at it. It's just all that kind of attention that you get when you're carrying the baby. Now, aside from that, it is a, the, you know, there is the beautiful moment of, you know, finding out that you're pregnant, you know, uh, taking a test and, you know, that emotion that you feel. Now, there are some that have mixed emotion about it. I mean, just depending on if the baby was not planned. Um, I will say that 99% of the time have been, have been pregnant before that if you feel like you're pregnant, unless you've had a baby before, you probably ain't. <laughs> Um, because I can remember all the times that I was like, dang, I'm probably pregnant. Dang, I'm pregnant. And this is before ever having a baby. And I never was. But the moment that I was pregnant for real, that was the last thing on my mind. I felt like I had had the virus. Um, I'm probably hungover, but this has been the longest hangover ever in life. It's just, it's really ironic how <laughs> when you're not pregnant, like I said, and this is if you haven't had a baby before, you're like, I'm probably pregnant. Dang, I'm pregnant. And then the moment that you are, that is the last thing on your list to think that you may be pregnant and you can have all the symptoms, but that is not what you're going to think that is going on. So, um, then on top of that, you know, once you get through the pregnancy and then, you know, if, if some people have really smooth pregnancies, you know, some people were only maybe a little nauseous a little bit and the rest was smooth sailing, you know, the skin was popping, everything was good. And then you have some of us that Lord Jesus, if that baby didn't put us through. Whether morning sickness, all the time sickness, did the baby send you back and forth to the hospital? Just, just all the stuff that, like I said, there is, there's a bad, there's a good, there's a, there's a pretty part of pregnancy and there's an ugly. And there are some women that receive the ugly side and you just be like, am I going to make it through Lord? So then you get through all that and then you get to the birth. And again, that has a beautiful part where some people have a quick birth. Honey, they in there for two seconds. They push that baby out and that is, they are done. And then you have some of us that you got to be induced. You in labor for 36 hours. Hint, hint myself. You do go through all this pain and you still have a C-section. Now, what I will say, no matter whether you push your baby out or have a C-section, neither one of those make you more than a woman than the other. Just saying. Um, because you can only do what your body will allow you to do. Um, my body actually wanted to push the baby out, but it just wasn't going to happen. Like the way my, the way my, uh, birth canal was set up, he would have broke all of that. And so that just wasn't going to happen. Um, so, um, or, you know, you, you overdo and actually, you know, my son actually ended up swallowing his poop. So he had to go to, um, ICU for a little bit, but homeboy was definitely up looking at me by the time I was closed up and brought out. So, I mean, thank God, but others don't have that. And so that's where that, that, that beautiful and that ugly part comes in just out of the first getting a baby here. You know what I mean? And so that's why I say that you have to be prepared when you're going to be a parent that there, you you don't know what cards you're going to get as far as the parenting goes. You don't know. We all pray for a healthy baby, but there are some that come with, you know, special needs. But I really feel that 
One thing I can say about the church that I attend that we have life up groups is that one of the, one of the first things that they taught us is that, you know, God gives you everything you need to raise this child. So you were chosen to raise this child. And so whether that child comes with special needs, whether the, you know, it, it like it took you to get him here, you were here, the baby, you were destined to be this child's mom. And so it's going to be okay. Just rely on God and it's going to be okay. Um, so yeah. So then, you know, once you get past the pregnancy, more beautiful moments is you bring the baby home and it's so cute and he's sleeping and it's just, oh, you could just eat him up and you got all the guests coming. But then what comes to it, um, or, or, you know, those are beautiful parts, the good part. But then on that, on the other side of that scale is. The sleepless nights that the mother gets, you know, because if you're breastfeeding, dad can't get up and feed him. You have to. Or um, kind of the way that we had done things since my husband, um, well, he wasn't my husband at the time, but he used to work nights. So when, you know, I would be, if I had to get up in the morning, then he would take our son and, you know, get up with him throughout the night. So that I could sleep because I had to work the next morning. And then, you know, during the day I would have them. And sometimes that works. But there also are some people out here doing it all by themselves, And they're the single parents. And they have to go through the trenches. You know, they have to get up for the feedings and the change the diaper. Um, you know, some kids may have calling and they is just hollering, Jesus, just hollering. And I mean, again, the not so pretty parts of being a parent. But it all comes with that. It's, it's, it's all part of the, it's all part of the mix. Or even if you have other children, so you have to try and take care of this baby on lack of sleep and get your other children together at the same time. And that's going more on the, you know, maybe it might be the bad. I mean, I hate to say bad because children are, they're not asked to be here. And so that's one of my proponents of, I really can't stand for people to have children if they don't want them, you know, um, Cause kids don't ask to be here. And so if you don't have, I get, you know, you may have a oops, didn't mean to, but after that, I feel like if you don't have the capacity to bring them in as far, and I don't mean everything perfect. So let's be there by meaning like, if you don't have a place to live, you don't have an income that's going to take care of them, then, you know, why keep bringing them in? If you don't have the patience to deal with them, then why bring children into the world? But then on the other hand, if you don't have those patients, you know that you're not fit to do this first time, then also don't be having your nose on other people's, you know, parenting styles, trying to give advice when you ain't trying to do your own. Because then we look at like, well, what grounds do you have to be telling somebody how to parent when you aren't a parent? And I know people really hate that, but just because you read a book, or just because you watch other parents parent doesn't mean you know everything there is to be about parent. And just because I'm a parent, I don't proclaim to know everything about parenting. And I think that is the difference between parents and people who aren't parents or um, people who, you know... Um, I, I just think that that's the difference between the two because someone who is a parent know not to overstep or not to push your advice on other people because it is a sensitive moment. Um, I can remember a teacher um, 
you know, we were having, you know, some behavior things with Daniel and, um, for me as a teacher, your job is to teach him and tell me what he's doing at the school so I can help you help him. But at that moment, that's where you stop. You can, you know, and I know you can ask, you know, how's home going this, that, and the third, because it may give you insight, you know, such as if for some odd reason we had to go out of town or something, we had an emergency, he didn't get a lot of sleep. That's beneficial for you to know because he may be grumpy. Um, if there was something, you know, tragic that may have happened, that's beneficial for a teacher to know because that may be the reason why we're having behavior issues. However, don't tell me what I need to do at the house, especially if I didn't ask you. So you have to be careful parent to parent or non-parent to parent on how you address a parent because it's a sensitive thing, especially when you're the one, up, you know, getting them up, taking care of them, not having a lot of time for yourself. And then you got somebody come tip top in here telling you what you can, what you need to do. That's a good way to get fussed out. <laughs> and so most of the time, mother to mother, they don't know. They don't normally, I mean, you do have those those small few to do that but we we when talking about parent and how to parent you kind of tiptoe on that kind of delicately because it is a sensitive topic because the good way to get a mom upset is to tell her how to parent it ain't a road you want to go down also offering advice you have nobody wants to get advice from someone who makes it seem as though they're perfect and there are lots of parents out here that portray this perfect parenting and y'all can have that Y'all can have that because let me tell you something. These children do not come with a manual. None of them. None of them. A lot of this is day by day, going with the flow and hoping for the best. Honey, when I first had Daniel, they were, every month we would celebrate because I was like, woo child, I kept you alive another month because it's a lot. Kids do a lot and you really, you really want the best from them. And you're going to do everything you can to give them the best. But there's some days you're going to make mistakes and it's not going to be perfect. And anybody out here trying to be perfect mom, child, boom. Because we is just trying to keep these children alive. Like there is no special award for perfect mother because it's hard to be a parent. It is hard. You could be, you could be doing everything right, everything by the book. And I tell you, these children still could go out there and act like you ain't never loved them. Why? Who knows? But that's on that, that's on that bad and ugly side. Um, you know, Everyone loves to hear, oh, your child is so well-mannered. Your child is this. And that makes you feel good. But it also doesn't feel good when you also have to hear that your child didn't punch somebody in the, in, in the face today. Or your child and cussed today. Or your child threw a whole table. That's not something you want to hear. Um, because you up here like, please just do right. Like you're thinking, especially, and, and it's, and it's harder as a parent when you're trying to be perfect. You don't, you're definitely already, if you're, if you're really just trying to do what, what it's supposed to do, um, take care of them, love them and all of that. And you're trying, you're giving them the best that you know how, um, and, and doing everything right. So it seems, and they go and act up. It's, it, you take it personal because you try to figure out, well, what did I do wrong for you to be acting up in here like that? Or if there is a, um, like Daniel in the beginning, his speech wasn't well. And so, um, the first thing was like, well, what did I do wrong? You know, where did I, 
what could I have done better? Um, because in a lot of people, you know, they don't give tablets, don't give that. Um, it could have had, had something to do with it, but I think what helped was the person who told me that he may need speech was a friend of the family and she does speech therapy and she, she didn't put it on me as if I did something incorrectly. Um, the best thing you can do is that if there is an issue, um, with a child, with your child is to go ahead and if, and embrace how you feel, you know, if it hurts your feelings, go ahead and deal with that, but also immediately go ahead and get them help. Because honestly, um, Daniel was about two when we got him speech and honestly, um, talking to the teachers, they, they never, they were like, Oh, I can't tell he had speech issues, you know? Um, only times that I can tell, I feel like, you know, when doing the sounds of some certain letters, um, I feel like, especially the way they do it now, how they do letter land, um, I feel like he struggles with that a little bit. Um, but it could have been much worse if I hadn't already decided, okay, fine, let's get him what he needs. If there is a behavior problem, okay, go and get him what he needs. Go If there's therapy, go ahead and get him what they need because you're trying to help them early versus them becoming older with these problems. And it's a little bit harder to deal when they're older. One of the not so beautiful parts is part of being a parent, having to make those decisions that may not feel good, because especially if you are trying to paint this facade of a perfect parent. So perfect parents, people in the church, um, people in, uh, you know, famous people, they be having kids who are drug addicts. People, kids with cheer, a bunch of children at young age. It happens because you can't keep them from doing everything. And so sometimes you have to be like, I'm doing the best I can. You know, keep them covered in the blood and pray. Because honestly, if you bring them up in church, I will say I wasn't, my college years, I wasn't always in the church. But I still found my way back to church. And I feel like once it's in the house and you're showing them that way, that majority of them eventually find their way back. Or they will still mention Jesus and things of that sort. So all you can do is prepare the path. And... They'll either get on it eventually or you've done the best you can. But that's why I say it's no such thing as a perfect parent. There isn't one. And you're going to be about to kill yourself trying to be this perfect parent. And if you try to be a perfect parent in front of another parent, they're going to give you the sideline like, girl, what is you doing? Who is you trying to put on for? I don't care that much. I really don't. I'm just excited that today my child is acting correctly. I could care less. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So then you get into some of the other, you know, not so pretty parts of being a parent is, you know, you got your, you got the terrible twos and that would be the one that'd be like, father, help us. Am I going to make it? You got your busy bodies that you got to almost like everything up because children is writing on the walls. They is flushing things down the toilet. They are maybe drinking things they shouldn't be drinking, such as, uh, bath stuff i mean it's and, and a lot of that stuff happens when you didn't know they were that mobile and so they are mobile and then you realize you got to lock stuff up and the moment that they first scooped or crawl lock it up because if not it ain't what you want at some point in time you are going to see a drawing on the wall as much as you would like to think you wouldn't but you are your child a baby most of every baby has fallen on the floor I thought mine were going to be the one that did. And then I find out later that he had fallen off the couch. Your best bet is just always make sure they are cushioned because most babies have fallen. Well, at least once or twice. Um, kids will fall. 
<laughs> no matter how much you try to oversee them, don't do that, do that. They will fall at the park. They will fall off a bike. They will fall. Make sure they're okay and keep it moving. Because, again, you can't keep them from doing what is kind of like the rite of passage to being a child. Um, also, there is no personal space. So if you are one that really enjoys to, and by no means is this a, per, this is, this is not a podcast to make people not want children by any means. But what I'm trying to convey is that it's not always, that just know that being a parent has all of it. The full package is all of this. So if you're thinking about wanting to have a baby and you think it's just all glitz and glams, child, no. Personal space, what is that? In fact, when I was on this podcast, my son opened the door a few minutes ago. I just told this man I was on the podcast. Do they care? Of course not. When you go to the bathroom, they're talking through you through the door. If they're not in there with you. What is sleep? Sleeping in for whom? You almost get to the point where you got to pretend to be asleep when they open the door in hopes that they won't still come in here. Or if you got to pee, you hope you don't. You almost don't want to get up because you hope they don't hear the bed creak because you done got up. All of that. That intimate time with your husband you used to get with the children, you, you got to get it where you fit in. Date nights, it's not as easy because because of child care. And personally, for me, for child care, you know, I'm one that I like to use my re- resources, you know, responsibly. So I'm not going to get someone to watch my child unless... Now, now, if you have a village like we have, me and one of uh, my sorority sisters, we actually used to switch off every other weekend or something like that or event where we just switch off, you know, so we could have date night. And that's different. But as far as using like my mother or somebody like that, I'd rather use it for my the big ticket things like weddings. I definitely do not, will not take my child to a wedding unless he's in it. And that's up to you, but his only one he's attended is ours, and that's it. Cause they get real restless, like they don't want to be here. They get real ill, and the parents don't get to have a good time. Keep them at the house. Um, <laughs> and um, or like you know, back when I used to go to homecoming, I don't want to take you to homecoming. I want to be myself. I want to go back to how it was before I had children, and you deserve those things. Um, going on a trip. If, um, if it's a girl, if it's, if it's a couple's trip, those are things I'd rather have my mother, um, or, you know, some, or childcare for, unless it's something that we've already, we just kind of do a switcheroo rather than a date night every week, because you can't try, you can't tire your resources out because they, they're not going to watch them every week. So you can have date night. You got to be creative. You know, while they in school, you might have to do lunch. You know, um, you may have to factor in the little uh, drop in daycares if that's something you want to do. Um, but if money is tight, then you're going to have to do things, you know, when they're in school, when they're at daycare. Um, because, like I say, I'm not going to use my resources up just for a weekly date night, especially if I've already looked in the year and, you know, I got a few things lined up. Um, it also becomes a little bit more difficult the more children you have. Um, some people are, are okay watching one, two. Start getting about three, four, five, your whole clan. Mm. All right, sis, we acting, we asking for a lot. And honestly, your 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 child care has the right to be like, nah, mm-mm, I, nah, because it, it's not their children. And so you can't get upset about that. And so, you know, child care can be a whole lot. And so... When wanting to have be a mother or be a child, be a child, what? Or to be a parent, 
that's the part that you, that's the part that isn't as fun. Um, that you can't just, you see your friends, you know, turning up and going out and playing, you know, doing, just upping and, and leaving and doing whatever. But, you know, you got to schedule childcare. Um, it'd be like that, you know, um, especially if your you and your spouse don't work on the same schedules. So those are some of the things that aren't as beautiful, to be honest. Um, and then when you get to the ugly part, you know, kids acting up in school and not just the normal, oh, I was talking, I mean, throwing chairs, I mean, being those really destructive kids. That's not something that feels as good as a parent, but it's part of it. You know, no matter how much you teach them manners and how to do right there, there just may be that child that knows right from wrong, but they are still going to try it. Nothing you did wrong. And honestly, and it's funny because sometimes they act up and the teacher, be like, but I know your parents don't play. So why are you doing that? My thoughts. Exactly. When you find out, let me know. Um, like I said, you got your, your, your differently able kids who, you know, it's a lot on a parent, you know, mentally, emotionally, all of that. And sometimes, you know, some people really have a heart for that and they can just roll with the punches and some of them really don't know how to deal, um, you know, and it's, it's stressful and it's just like, oh man, it's a lot. And so w- certain things that kind of help with that, it's kind of your village that's around you who don't mind, you know, who accept that your child is different and that, you know, oh, bring them on. Don't be embarrassed. Those are the people that makes parenting a little bit easier. Honestly, being friends with other parents you know, um, cause for a while I was the only one in the group that had a baby, but things are a lot easier now because a lot of my friends do have kids. And so I don't have to feel like, Oh, well I can't because I have my son. Well, no, we're only doing fr- kid friendly events. And so you don't have to worry about it. You know, um, I don't have to feel like I'm left out because I have a baby because my friends do have babies. And so we get together and we're laughing and chit-chatting and the kids are having a play date. And so those are the good things. But until all of your clan or all of your group has a baby, you just kind of like, oh, man. But then at the same time, even if I didn't have children, I still would still, you know, have certain activities that are kid friendly because I do realize that child care is a lot. And ain't nobody trying to go pay a drop in daycare just to sit at the house and watch a show and drink some wine um teens sometimes when they become a teen they just oh they would have thought everything that you have ever taught them has went out of the door not not as beautiful moment um you may feel as as the parent feel overwhelmed you may feel like you lose yourself essentially i feel like in the seven years this year i have finally got back to I've always been girly, but back in my true feminine side, you know, Karen dip, switching my purses, difficult purses to match my outfit, um, you know, accessories and earrings and other colors besides dark colors. Because essentially when you're a parent, you wearing yoga pants, you wearing black, um, you wearing things that throw up and, and slobber don't show up on, you not carrying a purse because you got a diaper bag. Um, you not wearing, uh, you probably wearing nothing but studs and pearls. You're not wearing no necklaces. You're not wearing a bunch of bracelets because children grab on stuff and will break your stuff. Um, you know, your hairstyle is the quickest thing you can do. You probably ain't wearing makeup, all of that. 
because you have other things. It's, it takes so much to get to get you, the children ready, and to get out the door. And so, you know, sometimes it takes when you get through that good threshold. Once they once they are potty trained, they can walk. They can walk up the steps and they can buckle themselves in and all they need to do is care whatever is going to entertain you. Honey, you smooth something. You can jump in the car and be like, fasten your seatbelt and let's go. Whew, life is good. Life is good. Because sometimes, child, all them, all them car seats and the diaper bag and making sure you got enough changing clothes. You might need to change your clothes for yourself. Like, it's a lot. And sometimes you're like, do I even want to go? Do I even want to go? Um... Yeah, so all in all, you know, <laughs> again, there's no such thing as a parent, a perfect parent. I can't stress that enough. Um, there is no need to be out here trying to be a perfect parent because no matter how good you are at being a parent, um, you still may have those things that are not as pretty um, happen. Child may act up. You may have packed every uh, second outfit and your child pooped up the back on all of them. It happens. It happens. <laughs> you know, you may have done everything you were supposed to do with your pregnancy and then you have a difficult birth. It happens. Um, You may have read every book there is. And you still are struggling with lack of sleep because the baby don't want to sleep through the night. It's it's all of that. But the, the biggest thing to come from this is that parenting is, is all a package. It's a package deal. You have beautiful moments. You have uh, kind of bad moments and bad moments, you know, just lack of sleep, you know, no personal space. And then you may have those ugly moments in the in your time of raising them but that doesn't make you any less of a parent it doesn't make you any it doesn't make you a bad parent because these things happen because all in all as long as even if your child is is has lost their whole entire mind you can definitely tell when your parenting where your natural parenting has is showing through because even a teacher will say oh well, I know he's loved I don't know why he's acting like that thank you and I think that's what what helps me is that sometimes you end up feeling like, Lord, he's acting up and people are going to think like, I don't, you know, he's not getting attention at home. But what ends up happening is when sometimes, you know, I volunteer at the PTA, they see me. Okay. You know, he gets a book from the book fair. Okay. Um, you know, he's going to the, to the fair, he's going places or he comes in and says, we had movie night last night, believe it or not. You, you know, the kids talking a lot, but sometimes it kind of helps plead your case whenever they're acting up because it helps you. When they come in and say, this weekend we went to the park and we went to the pool. When they're constantly, you know, I've had teachers, you know, say, you know, I don't, you know, I know he had fun because he came in and told me you guys went to the pool this weekend. So those type things help you whenever your child is acting up because they can always remember like, oh, okay, he has this. But maybe they're wondering, maybe there was a situation like, you know, maybe there was death in the family. Maybe something has drastically changed and that's why they're asking this. And so it's not always like, oh, let's go get DSS on you. But they're just 
trying to, to figure out what the problem is and what you being in tune with your child to being able to advocate for your child and knowing, well, you know, this typically happens here. Have you tried this? They also know that you're invested in your child and that you are taking care of them. Your child is just having a hard time. You know, COVID, a lot of COVID has changed, has, has impacted a lot of kids and their behavior and how they are interacting with kids. And so, Again, you are doing everything you can, being a good parent, but we can't help that COVID happened, that a pandemic has happened. So, you know, you just have to give yourself grace and chill, <laughs> to be honest. And so all in all, I will leave you guys with this quote, that there's no such thing as a perfect parent. So just be a real one. This is by Sue Atkins. And honestly, I'm about to put that, I need to put that on a t-shirt. There's no such thing as a real parent, as a, mm, excuse me, as a perfect parent. So just be a real one. And your children will appreciate you being a real one. Because let me tell you something. A child know when you putting on. And when you trying to put on and act like you ain't never acted before, that's when they really show out. So I hope this uh, podcast was uh, beneficial to you guys. Make sure you check out the Facebook group. Let's get some uh, chatter in the group. And I will check you guys in the next podcast.